This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 14th, episode 2476. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday... And it doesn't get much better than best conditioned. And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Well, that's right. It is the Endurance Day here on the second Tuesday of every month. And we have, thankfully, Karen is still here in her house. We're here. We got a late start, but we're here. <laughs> and you're there in your house. I mean, last week when I was watching all of the p- pictures and videos you were posting, I was praying that you'd be in your house. I know. Exactly. Well, let's, it was crazy. Let's, let's yeah. fill everybody in that wasn't following along. There was uh, Karen lives in northern Nevada, kind of on the California side in the mountains. And uh, Reno, yes. west of Reno, close, right? Close yeah. to, uh, and south, close to Lake Tahoe. For most people know where Lake Tahoe yeah. is. There you go. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and what happened? south of the capital. <laughs> uh, we had a fire. And it, it, they think it was caused by a semi-truck whose exhaust was shooting off a bunch of sparks, caused a fire on both sides of Highway 395, lit it on fire, and the fire just took off, of course. And I assume it, it's really dry. It Yes, and lots of, you know, tinder and kindling and down deadfall and stuff in a lot of the canyons and things so the fire took off and the firefight i mean oh my gosh the amount of air resources and the firefighters was just phenomenal they did an awesome amazing job because they saved entire neighborhoods that without you know the immediate i mean and i mean immediate uh response uh, hundreds of houses would have just burned up. It was just incredible what they did to save the houses and the planes. And we're only like a mile from the river on one side. And then the fire was behind us. And so we had helicopters going back and forth over our house just about every eight minutes. Cause that's how long it took them to go and fill back up from going down to the river and then fly back to the fire. That's it. And that's then we just, had that's incredible when you think planes. about it, actually. And, and, and then they the big bomber planes that they had. Well, they had two that were going down to Lake Topaz at the Super Scoopers and it filling up down there. And then we had a couple of bigger planes that were going all the way to Sacramento to fill up with the fire retardant and coming back. And they were we were watching him. Um, there's a really cool website for anybody that's in a fire zone or when they have a fire and it's called uh flight 
radar24.com. And you can zoom in on your area and it will show you the flight paths of the uh, aircraft, the firefighting aircraft. You are such a geek, by the way. I know, I'm (laughs) such a geek. But, and of course, my husband, you know, years and years ago, he was a flight dispatcher. He's got his FAA flight dispatcher license. And so, you know, he's a total geek about the aircraft and what it is and that sort of thing. Because he's flown on a lot of the different types of aircraft and stuff. So it's pretty cool for him. So we love to watch it. And, of course, when they're flying over our house con- continually, it it's, you know, it's kind of cool. How close was it to, to your house, the fire? You know, I need to still go out there. We've been waiting for them to mop things up and clean things up. I didn't want to get out in the way. But I'm thinking, you know, it wasn't that close. I mean, it looked, especially at night, you know, when you have a fire like Your that. Your night pictures look like you were, like it was right it, over the it hill. It looks <laughs> like it was right on top yeah. of you. But yeah. I'm guessing it was probably more like four miles. That's still pretty close when you think about it. It is. Yeah. It, and. Fortunately, the wind was always blowing the other direction, so it was going away from us, not towards us, or else, trust me, we would have been out of here. (laughs) Now, well, it's interesting that we're going to talk a little bit more about this, because I noticed your guest today is Vicki, is it Bielik? Yes. And she's going to discuss uh, emergencies with animals. (laughs) Yes, emergencies with animals, and, and the things you need to do, and things you don't need to do because we had uh, people that did some of the things that you should not do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, but, but really, you know, you got to be prepared. Were you, were you prepared it, to bug out quick if you had to? Oh, the yes. Horses? We're yeah. prepared. I've got, I've got a little safe packed with all of our paperwork. Everything is in it. I've got the horse trailer. It's got, um, you know, by the, by the time we were, would have had it hooked up and the horses and the animal and the dogs all loaded, it, we would have had water in it. We would have been absolutely packed up and out of here so how long do you think it would take you to pack up and bug out quick 20 minutes oh really wow you're that prepared yeah well we're endurance riders yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) and all that crap's in the trailer anyway and and (laughs) we've done a lot of the point-to-point rides where you pack up and move every single day Mm -hmm. across country so we're kind of you know we've we've got the the program down we would you know we would have everything we need uh, the, you know the paperwork and we'll talk with Vicki and she's going to tell us the things we need to have or should have well this is good uh, timing because we're coming into fire season but it down here in the uh, south we're also coming into hurricane season so it exactly yeah. and and just to be prepared and have the things that you need to have or or you know really good um you know, preparations and, and, you know, the horse trailer is usually perpetually um, (laughs) ready to go, you know, because I'm used to living out of it. (laughs) So, you know, we've got, you you know, my canned stuff. But but I gotta know, how scary is that, though? It's gotta be scary. Jennifer and I live through every kind of natural disaster you can think of, except a fire like that coming at you, you know? Right. It is scary because you don't know where you're going to go. And like right now, it was even worse because they were evacuating whole entire neighborhoods 
with no evacuation centers because they didn't want to open them because of the COVID thing. So yeah, because usually the Red Cross opens one right away, I, and I'm not involved we, with them anymore. Know, I don't know what they're doing. Well, we have a community center. We have all the schools. We have, you know, but they didn't want to open them. So they were telling people to go, just go to the local hotel. Just drive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, Jesus, some of these people don't have, I mean, they don't have money. They can't afford to go stay in a hotel for a week. Yeah. And that's usually, you know, see, that's usually where the Red Cross does come in and they, they put up the shelters or they'll even pay for hotels and stuff like that. Right. Well, hopefully they did for anybody that really did need it. But um, yeah, this was just kind of, de- definitely it was alarming and, and uh, you know, because we got the reverse 911 call, which, you know, it. A lot of communities have that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some don't. But what what happens is you get a call and it shows nine one one is calling you. <laughs> and it actually says nine one one. It does. Yeah. It, it had a. And bunch is it of a voicemail or is it a 911. text? And it was a voicemail. Yeah. We also got a text, and it said you need to evacuate. And of course. <laughs> Being an, you know, Americans don't like to, yeah. as you know, yeah. <laughs> we're stubborn. And, but we've lived here for almost 30 years in this neighborhood. And we know the prevailing winds, the way the wind blows. We've seen several fires. And so it, it we were ready and we were prepared to get out of here as soon as if the wind had changed directions, we would have been out of here. Yeah, like, because that fire, like I, I mean, in, in four miles could have covered that. If the wind was blowing a pretty good clip, you would have been covering that in a couple hours. We right? Yes, yeah. we would have been barely probably making it out of here in time, you know, but, but we knew that it's going the other way and, uh, they got the air support on it right away. And so we, we watched it. We had the scanner on. And so for those that, you, you know, if you live in a fire zone, there's a couple of websites we can post the links to that you can follow that will show you uh, the fire zones or broadcastify.com. And you can go and listen to your local police and fire scanners. Okay. And so you can listen and hear what's going on locally so you'll know. And, um, and boy, that was, it was harrowing. It was just, I mean, it was something that a really good movie would have been, you know, could have been made out of because you could just hear the stress uh, out of the, you know, the fire officials and the deputies and stuff that were calling over the radio about what to do. And and that's why I wanted to have Vicky come on and talk about emergency preparedness because they, you know, they were trying to build a fire line and get the fire equipment and the bulldozers and all the stuff out. Meanwhile, the people that w- thought they were helping were calling for um, horse trailers to come out to help evacuate horses that just kind of like clogged everything uh, up. Yeah. Clogged everything up and yeah. got in the way and they weren't really helping. 
And so, you know, that's why, you know, you think you're helping, but you need to really be aware of what's going on. And if you really are helping, you need to do it in a organized, you know, manner. So we'll, we'll talk with her later about, you know, those kinds of issues and stuff and how important it is. And you have another guest coming up too, right? I do. Yes, we're actually. I found somebody that's done an endurance ride. Oh, you actually rode their horse this year? <laughs> actually, did an endurance ride Woo-hoo, this weekend. <laughs> so they are starting up over there on the West Coast, then, right? I know it's not just fiction. Well, the West Coast does not include California or Nevada because oh. we're still shut down. Ah, gotcha. Okay, so but this was. This was Oregon, so further north, although who knows what's going on because it's looking kind of grim <laughs> for them as Try well. living in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody I cares know. down here. It's like, uh, who cares? Governor doesn't care. Nobody cares. So it's like, oh. I, what is going on in Florida? <laughs> we what? just hide in our house and and uh, yeah. do our thing. But I, you know, can we just say something to Mother Nature here? Can we just take a te- second to chat with her? And can we just say that we really don't need fires or hurricanes this year? We've got enough crap to deal with. We don't really <laughs> add do. to it, right? So <laughs> we don't really need any of that. We're good. We're good for 2020. We don't need to add to anything. So let's just exactly. cool it on the earthquakes and the volcanoes and the the fires and all of that. We're just <laughs> and the locusts and you know, and, yes, murder exactly. hornets. We just don't need any more. We we're good. <laughs> we're we're fine here. We can we can we're just trying to get through uh, pandemics. Let's let's uh, take one thing at a time. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're actually talk about endurance riding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank God somebody's able to do so it. So w- what would you say uh, across the country if you had to take a guess? How many rides are happening? Twenty five percent of them. Oh, probably less than that. Yeah. And yeah. there's no nationals this year. All of that's been canceled. Um. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, they the uh, ARC National Championship was going to be in, I think it was going to be in June in Montana. So, yes, that was next. Um, there's, you know, there's other rides. Of course, Tevis is off, and that was the big one, right? Tevis yeah. is canceled. Hey, they're, do- they're some, doing they're, some virtual ones, right? And Tevis is one of them. They're doing a virtual yeah. one. So what's that and, like? And so, uh, you know, I think it's by donation, so you can donate to the, you know, um, Western States trail, which they, you know, they need donations in order to keep the, uh, the trail, you know, cleared and operational yeah, because that's their fundraiser for the, for the year. Right. That, exactly. Yeah. You know, it, normally it, it raises, you know, well, you're looking at, you know, a $500 approximate entry fee for, uh, 200 riders. So, um, well, before you know, we run out of time, there's another one too. And, uh, that Devin Horn, we had her on uh-huh. and, and she's right. doing one called the COVID Derby and, uh, right. in August and you can do that in teams. And, uh, we're trying to get a host team together of four of us. Uh, and the cool part is like, I can ride my bike, you can ride your horse, somebody can swim, uh, whatever your thing is. You don't all have to ride horseback, but uh, uh, I will say that Kayla, who does the sales and breeding episode, wants to participate. I would do it with my bike, and we wanted to know if you would do it in August, too. 
I could do it. Yeah. Okay, sure. good. I'll talk to you about that. Maybe we'll get the host team. We'll get okay. the HRN hosts team together. Okay. We need one yes. more person uh, to join. Maybe Jennifer will do it. But uh, we get we need to get a thousand kilometers amongst all four of us in the month. Oh, okay. And you can I use can multiple horses. You can do okay. whatever. And, you know, I can ride my bike for 10 miles in a day. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, so it's, I think we, I think between the four of us, we could get it done. That's, yeah, that's a whole oh, month. Okay. Although it's hot as hell here in August. So, I don't know. oh my gosh. Yeah. We got <laughs> actually up over a hundred the other day. Yeah, so you're in the same boat. It's like, I get up and ride my bike at 7 in the morning, because otherwise you just die. (laughs) See, we don't have the humidity. Yeah. So, and that's, of course, why why the fire is a a big It's been 95 to 100 with about (gasps) 90% humidity Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I would just melt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's call Kristen over at Distance Depot, uh, and then we'll get our, our guest on. I noticed that uh, I did some surveying of the auditors in the last week or so. I, I, I think saw you saw that. that. And, and there were a lot of good comments about Distance Depot. So that's good. Good. And, and while I get her on, I just want to remind everybody that if you want some HRN or Horses in the Morning swag or merchandise, there's a whole bunch of it over at Distance Depot. They're our official outlet for HRN embroidery and saddle pads and hats and all that stuff. You can head over Distance Depot on the left-hand side of the page. You'll see. Good morning. This is Kristen. Good morning, Kristen. I was just promoting our HRN merchandise at Distance Depot. Awesome. (laughs) So all kinds of good stuff on there. They can get, you you can either get the HRN logo or the Horses in the Morning logo put on everything. And You just go to the website and on the left-hand side, you'll find it, right? And just click on that. That's correct. Yes, it's under For the Rider and it's one of the, bottom categories there and it says horse radio network horses in the morning customize it embroidery all kinds cool. of great polo shirts and bags and well i discovered so, i need some new polos so if you have you men's do. i'm going to be ordering so <laughs> okay super good all right karen okay so uh you had mentioned uh, Kristen thin line products tell us about the thin line okay um Many of your riders may be aware about Thinline. Um, they've been making saddle pads with their exclusive foam for a very long time. Um, its shock absorption is about 95%. And the saddle pads that we brought in were the Endurance Style, of course. Um, we have two different Endurance Styles right now. We have a third coming um, when they come back into stock. But what we have right now is the Endurance Wax um, Tough Rider saddle pad, which has a wool bottom, Cordura top, with, of course, the thin line material all the way down the spine on both sides. And there is a channel for the air to escape up through the spine. And and these saddle pads that we brought in fit most endurance saddles. We also brought in a Western um, cotton pad liner, so it's lightweight, um, and it can go either by itself or over a pad or under a pad to keep your pad clean if you have a thicker wool type uh, or felt type pad mm-hmm. but they all come with the thin line material which takes that kinetic energy that the horse is throwing up through his back to you and you vice versa back down to him and just basically disperses it so they're really super nice saddle pads but for those that don't know they um, make quite a few other items that we brought in as well. Ankle boots with their thin line properties. 
as well as the cinch guards, which if you have a girth that doesn't have um, buckle protectors, the, the thin line cinch guard protectors um, just Velcro around your girth and keep your horse comfortable so those buckles aren't up against his side. Um, they also have a pretty cool item we brought in called the Easy Harmony Bitless Noseband Converter. So if you have the, a Western head stall that's pretty simple with just a brow band and a throat latch, your bridle will actually feed through this noseband converter and your reins can clip right onto it, sort of like a bitless bridle. Okay. So if you're out doing a cool. loop and, and your horse has gone, you know, far enough that he's <laughs> ready to go, <laughs> ready to go, and, you know. I have, I have a 25-year-old that still hasn't gone far enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. But this just makes it pretty easy and then you can clip your reins on there and remove the Although, bed, so. right, exactly. Some days... You know, due to the weather and the trail, it's, I understand. <laughs> yes. That's funny how they are. I know. We, we got to laugh at them because what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. um, one of the really nice products that we brought into is the Finline fill, uh, Flexible Philly Grazing Muzzle. I don't know if you're, many of your readers or listeners um use these, but I've got one on my chubby guy because I'm here at the store too much and I'm not out riding. But uh-huh. he wears this muzzle, and I had tried basket muzzles and so on, and this is clear, soft plastic, which has sort of six little um, sections. Actually, there's eight eight sections that you zip tie onto your halter. You can use your own halter, or we actually make a breakaway um, halter for the grazing muzzle. But um, this thing is super soft. It's made out of clear plastic. It has great breathability, so they really can breathe. They act like a horse in this thing. They'll scratch withers, drink out of the water trough, and the hole is customizable, so you can make it as big or as small as you want to make it um, for, you know, whatever grazing needs your horse has to have. So it's pretty, pretty cool muzzle. And I understand you have some sort of leggings we do. that They're are real popular. Shoe fly leggings, and um, these things are amazing. Um, I first saw them, I can't remember, maybe six, eight years ago at a ride, and I thought, why does that lady have her um, horse wrapped up? So I went over, and they're made out of a mesh that have a stay in them, if you will. It's called a stay. And so these things don't fold down. They don't slump. Um, they're very comfortable for the horse because they're open at the top, which is really weird. They, they Velcro down the side and they're snug around the top uh, or right above the coronary band, if you will, around the pastern. And then they're open, as I say, up at the top. So the back of the knee and the hawk um, is wide open. So it's great. They're very breathable. And the flies don't fly down in there. Our guys, oh, okay. actually, they begged for us to put them on. And so they come over there like, put our socks on, put our socks on, because those biting flies Aww. on the leg, you know, well, that's they're always cool. stomping and they open up, uh-huh. the, you know, they loosen their clinches. Stomping. and Yeah. Yeah. So it helps with to stop that stomp. Basically. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. So tell us what's your website and your phone number. Okay, we are The Distance Depot, so it's www.thedistancedepot.com. Phone number is 866-863-2349. Terrific. Well, thanks, Kristen, for joining us again this morning. 
Thank you. Thanks, Kristen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I know I've seen on a lot of the endurance groups, people are ordering from Distance Depot and they're, they're happy because <laughs> I think a lot of people are at home shopping. <laughs> there's, been, uh, there's been a lot more people shopping than I thought there would be. And I might have been guilty is, of that a little bit, too. I know. Yes, <laughs> I know. All right, let's uh, let's sure. call our first guest. We have Victoria okay. coming on. Tell us a little bit about Victoria. Okay, Vicky is a Vic- Victoria Bielik. She is an endurance writer, and she also does clinics where she teaches people about emergency preparedness, which, uh, you know, apparently <laughs> in my world, that was something that was really, really, really important this last week. Yes, so. it was. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> and, it's going to be really important for us soon. And at some point, it, it you know, everybody Tomorrow. needs to be prepared and learn what they need to do. So we're, we're going to talk to her about and you she's know, here. what important things are. So good morning, Vicki. Thank you for joining us again. <laughs> good morning, team. How are you? Well, you know, today I'm enjoying the fog. Yesterday we had a fire very close to our ranch. So. Uh, and, uh, and you had a lost horse. <laughs> oh, we still have a lost horse. Oh, you still have a lost horse. Oh, yeah. Don't. Yeah. At this, at this point, I think it's a recovery mission. Oh, um, but you know we haven't given up. We've got right. you know, planes and drones and helicopters wow. and okay. quads and horses. You know, sometimes <laughs> these horses are missing for weeks and are found. Sometimes I certainly hope this is the outcome. That happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So so recently, as you know, we've had a fire. And we actually God, you guys had- are making me glad I live in that thousand degrees, hundred percent humidity Florida where it rains every day for inches. I'm, I'm kind of glad now. <laughs> 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 yeah. With I the know, biggest right? bugs you've ever seen in your life, but oh, but yes. I'll take that over your like fires. The, the bugs are like birds. <laughs> <laughs> where you are, yeah. Let's watch out for but those. But you know, it, it, yeah. And, but see, Glenn can go to Disney World. <laughs> yeah, like I want to do that right now. <laughs> Whereas where I am, everything's closed. I can't even go in a casino. It's all closed down. The brothels are I closed. Know. Everything. <laughs> no fun wow, at all. Karen. I know, right? I just, <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, so but, many but you can still ride. We can still ride, except that, you know, everything's burned down from the fire. So, oh my but, but we had people that actually turned their horses loose with Ouch. no ID on them. And of course the horses ended up in somebody else's yard. And so we need to talk about what do we need to do to be prepared in the event of an emergency, whether it's a fire, a flood, a hurricane, an earthquake, whatever. What what do you think are the most important things that we can plan for ahead of time, Vicki? Um, I think there's actually just a couple really, really, really critical points that make such a huge difference during these types of emergencies. First of all, there, like you said, there's some that you just can't predict. Earthquakes, nobody's going right. to say, hey, we've got an earth, earthquake warning. 
But training is critical. Take the time, make it a social event, get your horses used to getting in the trailers, getting in different trailers, being handled by different people. And, you know, like I said during previous interviews, I try to make it easy. I try to make it not a lot of work. So I always say, hey, get a group of friends together, bring some trailers together, drink a bunch of Red Bull and espresso <laughs> coffee so that you have higher energy because that's the energy you bring to the table during an emergency. Yeah, well, exactly. Running around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so training is critical identification. More and more people are using consist- consistent equipment to ID microchipped horses. So I think as we progress in that field and area, I think microchipping and having microchipping clinics is really helpful because if the horse does wind up someplace, a lot of vets have the capability to, to take a look at a microchip on a horse. Uh-huh. And then, like you said, vet lock bands, I keep mine on all the time, all the time. And I keep two numbers. I keep my telephone number on one. And then on the other fetlock band, I keep a friend's telephone number that actually doesn't even horseback ride. Okay. And, and where would you, where do you get a fetlock band? Uh, Equestra Safe. And okay. if you just Google like a Equestra and then fetlock band, it'll pop up right away. Okay. Yeah. Those, uh, there's so many different ways to ID a horse. For me, my top preferences are the fetlock bands because they don't interfere with movement. They're pressure tested and you can keep them on all the time. They're bright. They're easy to see. And it, okay. um, I just looked it up. People, it's equestrasafe.com and we've never mentioned them on the show here before. So they're, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love them. Oh, they're uh, amazing. Amazing. And amazing. <laughs> other amazing options but training is so important and as far as lo- lo- letting horses loose oh, 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 oh okay that's my response to that <laughs> how do you feel about it how do you really feel give me Tylenol <laughs> it's just, you know, uh, um, having your equipment ready I always keep my truck half full at least half full I always right. have my trailer uh-huh. parked so it's facing out I keep my trailer maintained at least once a year. And I've gotten to the practice where I always have at least a certain amount of supplement in my trailer. I have my probiotics because I found that probiotics are very important to help manage during, to help manage the stress of during the animal. Stress. During uh-huh. the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. And I have the, cause you never know when you're going to be stuck on the highway and a hours. traffic jam exactly. for hours. Exactly. And right. a friend of mine has a trailer where she doesn't have a water tank. And so I actually went and got her a couple of those gas, those get, you know, when you have to go to gas the gas station containers. and fill up uh-huh. those containers and got her a couple of those. And I said, I want you to keep these in here all the time. And every time you trailer out, re- refill them with fresh water. Mm-hmm. You should okay. never not have water in your trailer. Right. Um, that said, still, a lot of people like to use duct tape with a black marker. <laughs> okay duct tape Practice. melts and it will burn because i yes, ask me how i know that <laughs> i i don't want to because <laughs> no, i did an endurance line where i ripped my tights and i taped them and oh, the Karen. and it was over 100 degrees and the it ended up it blistered my leg because it got so hot and melted I now that is something I have never heard. 
I'll tell you, <laughs> what I have heard is that when you unroll a, a du- piece of duct tape very quickly and it goes, Zing! your horse might still wind up loose. <laughs> 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 so if you insist on making that the preferred method of identification, that's uh-huh. another area to yes. practice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but really, really, really training is so essential and planning ahead, the trailer, the truck, having the resources. Um, just when you let a horse loose, a lot of people say the horse is going to run from fire. And there's no, a lot of mixed opinions they get disoriented in the smoke, they get right? Disoriented and they go back the s- to their safe place. Uh-huh. And their safe yeah. place, a lot of times, is into the direction of the fire. Right. And that right. causes, I mean, I saw that so many times when we've had our fires here in California. But we let them loose. Yeah, they ran back to their barn. Oh, man. And, and that's just, it's tragic. It's horrible. So right. you know, if anything, right. like you guys know, especially with fire or weather related events, we know they're coming. You know, we get our warnings. And right. We have to really listen to those warnings. And, you know, we just had a fire here with mild Santa Ana's. Technically, the fire should have blown southwest and it would have burned itself out. Instead, it changed direction and blew in the opposite direction which happened to be where my personal ranch is. Oh, boy. Actually, Karen, very close to, you know, an area that you know off of Foothill. Uh-huh. And right. So, yeah. Um, and, and well, I'm my sister, a couple years ago, her house fortunately remained, but her neighbor directly across the street from her burned down. Okay. So you heard about the Elizabeth fire. And on Delondo. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Delondo. Ooh, that looks different. But, um. But, you know, it's the fires are starting to take a little bit of a different, um, oh, goodness gracious, I'm lost for words this morning, directional flow. Uh-huh. This mm-hmm. fire turned around on itself, and it shouldn't have. Wow. So I'm standing back and saying, okay, I've been doing this for over five years, and what the heck is happening? Because when a ranch was safe an hour ago, suddenly it's not. It's the wind not. just changed direction. Right. And so... We knew that the weather conditions were set up for possible uh-huh. high fire danger. Right. You know, and everybody says, eh, they, everybody still says, eh, it's not going to happen to me. <laughs> the fires are moving faster. <laughs> you know me, I, eh, I'm never going to get dumped off my horse. I know, <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> happy, happy I had that fetlock band because my friend was called when my horse showed up to some random stranger and I didn't. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's just really the training, the identification, and making sure your trailer and truck are prepared. And okay. if you have a fi- high fire danger, if the animals, if you have to let your animals loose, have contacts. So, if something's happening and you're not there, but you know it's happening, be able to make uh-huh. a phone call to somebody to say, hey, um, we've already practiced, you know, where my keys are, this is coming up. Are you going to be available if I'm not? Right. Right. That's critical. Yeah. So I think those are a couple yes. of my important points. You know, if we want to talk for three hours, I can give you the whole shebang. Oh, but I'm I sure. And, and, that. and I was listening to the scanner. Uh, of course I was up all night listening to the scanner. Cause I mean, oh, we yeah. were definitely paying attention to if there were any changes, we were going to be out of here. But, right. you know, somebody had posted something on a local Facebook page and now 
there are all these, you know, people that wanted to help and they're showing up with their horse trailers, except now they're in the way of the fire department who's trying to get bulldozers and equipment out to the fire line. And there's nowhere to turn around. And now they're, and the thing was, is they were trying to go rescue horses that were BLM horses that not only were they not halter broke, <laughs> but they for sure weren't trailer broke to go in a trailer. So oh my gosh, it, it yeah, I could just hear the frustration on the scanner of the fire oh, department people and the sheriff's deputies. And it's like, you guys really need to know what you're doing. So right. what's the best way for people that do want to help in an emergency? What, it, what advice do you have for them? Um, uh, well, coordinated efforts are critical. So if you have an area where there's not already a group of volunteers mm-hmm. that go through a certain training and go through a certain education and work with the fire department and work with animal control, create one. And anybody who wants to help, get them to be part of this group. That's why they're working as a unified group rather right. than scattered and going any way they want to go. Exactly. So there's a lot of areas yeah. don't have them, but just for those people that really are hyperactive naturally, take <laughs> the lead on it. Take the time because in the long run, it's going to be so worth it. And you know, when you have the gridlock and these people that show up, it does more harm than it does good. It does. We had the same problem. I worked with the Red Cross for years and years and years, and we'd open a shelter like a town had been wiped out. One in particular town in Kentucky was completely wiped out by a tornado, took the whole town out. And by the time we got the shelter set up within hours, we had the shelter set up. Everybody was bringing food. Well, we, we didn't have... We couldn't do anything with the food. They were bringing food. They were bringing, you know, they were try- everybody wants to help and we get that. But I had so much food. I, I just didn't know what to do with it all, you know, because we, we didn't need it. <laughs> you know, right? right. So, uh, yeah, you got to do something with it. And, now and, that creates a new problem. Well, and I didn't have the people. We were trying to get people checked into the shelter. We didn't have the people to handle right. the stuff coming in. And so finally, yeah. we just told people, no, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need right. it right now. And we'll let you know. Tell them but, no. Yeah, it is right. because they want to help. You know, it's, it's, it's all in best intentions. Right. Uh, and yes. they don't understand yes, why is. you don't want their help. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it requires a lot of tactfulness and patience because a lot of people get short. No, we don't need you. We don't need you go away. But that's the last thing you want to do. You just want to remember that it's a very stressful time for everyone. Mm-hmm. And what I've done is if somebody does want to help, I'll hand out my county card and say, I would love to have you help next time. Here's my card. Give me a call or, you know, here's my cell phone. Let's talk about what you can do since clearly Uh you want to help the animals. And so maybe they can't help, but I'll give them a reason to follow up so that when it does happen again, they've already gone through proper process. Sure. And now they're trained and certified. So... Um, yeah, and I think and a that, lot of people a, a lot of people don't understand too, like you know, like with your situation or with the Red Cross. Uh, th- you know, we went through extensive training, so we, you know, we and there are right. procedures for everything, and it sounds stupid sometimes, right? Uh, you know, and it probably seems a lot of the procedures probably seem silly to most people until you really understand what they're for, right? And that they do have a reason. <laughs> so, absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Well, one of our procedures 
is to wait until they get deployed. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's definitely a good plan. (laughs) And and sometimes people deploy themselves. And then I say, how did you deploy? Because you don't know where to go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that's a really important procedure. But there are other procedures. Some are self-evident. And if you can look at the ones that people understand, you can build upon those to help them understand maybe some of the other directly um, related procedures and most the why and the what most counties have have things like that and even like in our neighborhood there's an my brother's on the emergency preparedness uh group right so you know and we're in a community a a 400 little farms a horse community and there's a group there that they're trained to go out around to people first aid whatever you know if if the tornado goes through or whatever they're the first ones that are going to be out because they live in the neighborhood mm-hmm. um, well i'll tell you what because of covid a lot has changed i mean i think this is the longest i've gone without doing any clinics or having any public speaking events oh yeah and i have to tell you it makes me very sad and it makes my husband sad because now I feel the need to socially distance, masked up, talk to every single stranger I come across. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are, you know, with my clinics that I do, I'm, I'm having people from out of the state reach out. And what I've been telling them is if there is anybody that wants to be the person that helps to educate people in those areas, I am so happy to help them. I am so happy, so happy to take the time to give them the knowledge to help the other people in their communities because Mm -hmm. every single person that even expresses an interest in being prepared for evacuations is somebody that can help five other people. Sure. And um, making Uh that available makes a difference. And a lot of people think the resources aren't there, but they are there. They absolutely are. And, you know, I've given my number to random strangers in different states and said, call me. And I said, well, how much are you going to charge? I'm like, to go through this and teach this to you, I'm not going to charge you anything. I mean, I don't like to, you know, people say, oh, you shouldn't give it away. But this is stuff that makes a difference. It's life or death for some animals. It sure is. Right. Right. Where do people go to find your your information? Um. Well, I have my website, which is www.victoriabalik, and that's B-E-E-L-I-K.com, which is totally different than how it sounds. And I'm also on Facebook. And Facebook is what I update most of the time, which is Victoria Balick as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll post those links on our on our show notes page for this episode as well. Thank you, Victoria, for joining us, and be safe out there. Uh, and absolutely, we really appreciate the work you do. Thanks, Vicki. Stop well, by next time you, you go so through Gardnerville. Ah, next time I go, when I go up to look at that house, Karen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> She's looking at property up here, oh, Glenn. Cool. I would get, we'll, I would we'll be getting out of California, too, honestly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. I'm ready to run. I'm going to get in shape just so I can run out of California. I'm just kidding, Californians. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Vicki. I'm joking. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Right, thanks. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Okay. <laughs> God, you guys, this is, you know, the, the fires are so scary because they happen so quickly. Uh, and that's why you've got to be prepared ahead of time, y- you know, with the stuff that you need to have. And because uh, this happened to us three or four years ago, we had a fire that came from the other direction and it was blowing towards us. 
And that's a whole lot more scary. Yeah, it would be. Point the other <laughs> way, I'll tell you. And uh, so you realize, okay, look, what what do I actually really need to have and to be prepared? And, you know, and, and you know, you got to stay calm. You know, it's like while we're hooking up and getting the horses loaded, I'm going to be filling water. We're going to be loading, uh, you know, food, human food, dog, uh, horse, all of that and, and getting it ready and be ready to go. And you need to know where you're going. You know, where are you going to go? Because, you know, part of why we didn't evacuate is because the evacuation center was the fairgrounds, which was actually a mile closer to the fire <laughs> than where we were. So, <laughs> yeah, that didn't make um, sense. <laughs> exactly. But that was also where the, um, you know, they set up the operations for the whole, um, the fire department. And, and everything uh, uh, was all set up at the fairgrounds there. That was their operations center. So, um, All right. Well, we're going to have to move yeah. on here. Uh, so we're going to take a little break for a song. I thought appropriate song today. And then we have okay. our next guest coming up. Melinda actually rode an endurance ride, you know, like an official one where people get together and ride horses. <laughs> Uh, actually really are out there riding <laughs> endurance. Yay! So we're going to talk about that and what that was like in the time of COVID. And uh, we're going to do that right after an appropriate song from Templeton Thompson called Guardian Angel, which we all need right now. So let's hear that. <laughs> she could have passed for a cowboy The way she carried herself And that 50 pounds of leather Put it up on that pony Light as a feather like she'd done it all her life And she asked if I was ready Handing me the reins And we started out walking Up until that morning She hadn't been much on talking Guess it finally come the time And she said I've learned more From the back of a horse Than most folks ever get to know you never really know what you're made of Till you ride out on your own Till you're right out on your own 
Well, that was Templeton Thompson. You can find all of her music at templetonthompson.com. All right. Why don't you introduce our, our next guest while I get her on the line here? Karen, are you there? You might be on mute. I was on mute. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> my, I'm sure my husband wishes he had a button he could just push. <laughs> All right, tell us about our next guest. Okay, our next guest is Melinda Geis. She lives in Oregon and is an endurance writer. She's been writing since 2008 and has something like 3,000 miles. And she actually just did an endurance ride this past weekend. Hello. Hi, good morning, Melinda. Thank you for joining us. This is Karen and Glenn. Oh, good morning. How are you doing? Have you recovered from your ride? I, I have, yes. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Good. Just a little jealous because we don't have any endurance rides here where, where I am. Everything's canceled. And California yeah, and Nevada, we're all shut down. So tell us, you did Bandit Springs. So give I us did. a little bit of uh, info on the ride. What's it like? Um, yeah, I want to hear all about it. So, okay. So yeah, Bandit Springs is, um, a, a beautiful ride. It's in the Ochico National Forest in, um, central Oregon. So it's, um, like a little bit, uh, northeast of Prineville. So, um, outside of Bend, Oregon, and it's just this gorgeous area. So you're kind of in the high desert and you just sort of go out and you think, I mean, everything's looking a little dryish over there, like desert area. And you kind of get into this little pocket of mountains where all of a sudden it's just lush and green and beautiful. And there's these gorgeous tall pine trees and just beautiful meadows and technicolor like grass Mm -hmm. and just wildflowers and it's just an amazing area and just an absolutely gorgeous place to to camp and ride and just an awesome awesome ride and so how many riders were there um they limited it i can't remember i think i i want to say it was like 70 riders total they we had to have a limit right now for Oregon because um, we can only have a hundred people total in any outside gathering. So okay. with volunteers, vets, everybody, we had to have it below a hundred. So, you know, we couldn't have um, people, uh, you know, that weren't, uh-huh. we couldn't have family members with us that weren't, you know, riding or volunteers you know so we had to keep it to the minimum a minimum of people so wow yeah because like i think california or nevada we've had limits of like 10 which Mm -hmm. you you know and then that's why the events can't get insurance and so we can't have a ride 
Although we do right. have a couple coming up, but for the most part, everything's been just closed down. So I was like going, what mm. happened to my Facebook feed? Everything, <laughs> everybody's arguing right. about masks and all this other stuff, but nobody's talking about their horses anymore. There's like, <laughs> <laughs> so when I saw you posted about that, you got to do an endurance ride. I was like, Hey, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we none of us really knew what was going to happen this year. We didn't have a season at all, or you know. So it's it's just been kind of take it as it comes, you know, for all of us. And so what were they doing? That- yeah, what were they doing for the COVID thing? I because I you know we cut kind of talked about it on the last last month where we talked to some ride managers about what they're you know what they were trying to implement as far as the COVID procedures. So what did you guys have to actually do that was different? Sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was really great. Everybody was very careful and um, lots of precautions were taken. So um, we all wore masks or um, buffs, you know, like the bandanas that we pulled over our faces anytime we were in contact with one another in a vet check area or anything like that. Um, and the, uh, bandanas were actually given out as we came into ride camp. Um, and, um, so, and then we all signed a waiver, you know, that we understood that we were taking a risk with COVID. Um, and we kept, uh, you know, kept contact to the bare minimum, um, just had, you know, very bare bones ride meeting, uh, didn't do an awards you know, or anything like that. Okay. Um, again, we kept the, kept the numbers low. Pre-registration was a requirement. Um, and just um, everybody was very sensible, kept social distancing. You know, um, there were lines drawn um, with chalk and um, spray paint about, in, you know, in the vet check areas. Okay. So everyone knew where to go and how far apart to stand. And then the volunteers were spot on about, guiding you and you know no you gotta you gotta go this way and one way only through the the lines and the pulsing and all that kind of thing and so everybody was really great and conscientious about about all that so that everyone stayed safe so when you came into a vet check Mm -hmm. did you still maintain you know holding your horse or did you um because this is something I wasn't really clear on reading some of the guidance on the AARC website about how that was being handled. So what did you actually do when you came in to the vet check? Um, so we, I mean, yeah, we, I held my own horse and everything. Um, and I stayed on the opposite side from the vet. Okay. And nobody else touched my horse except, you know, the vet touch the horses needed, but I stayed, you know, maintain distance from the vet safely. Um, and, um, they, they had, they had maintained control of the vet card so that I never had a vet card. I knew okay. my number uh-huh. and, and they kept the vet card the whole time. So there wasn't any exchange of a, a card involved. So that was another safety precaution that was taken. So there was, you know, no exchange of anything there going on so okay and i saw you mentioned something that there was some trail sabotage so what happened there 
Um, and I'm not exactly sure, but I <laughs> no, we never mentioned. are, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just know that it was mentioned that the, one of the loops that, that they had to go out and remark because someone had, or some, you know, something had happened with the markers and, and moved and being, up or, yeah. Yeah. Darn. Yeah. No, that happens. And that's why we need to try to pay attention to, you know, maps and instructions and things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, and it was great that um, the management offered the ride with GPS um, downloads ahead of time. So we could all download that oh, good. Our phone or, or GPS or whatever. So that's uh-huh. their alternative. And the, and I have to say it was very well marked and, um, you know, and so there was, and there was also, people out to help guide and stuff. So it was, it was great. So. Oh, good. Good. And how were you kind of spread out throughout the camp area? Yeah. Um, so again, there weren't a whole lot of people there, so it was fairly easy to just maintain distance and, um, wasn't any need to really interact with anyone that you didn't uh-huh. need to. So it was yeah. I got I, it. So did, all right, I have mine. a more important question. Heck with all this COVID stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you have fun? <laughs> exactly. I absolutely had fun. It's a gorgeous area. There are wild horses out there. We saw a couple oh, of cool. wild giants. Um, like I said, the wildflowers are amazing. Um, the views are amazing. It's just it's an amazing ride. If anyone has a chance to go, they absolutely should. Just and a you did a fifty ride. I did, yes. Which was two loops? Uh, it was three loops. Three loops, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's uh-huh. cool. And is it hilly? Is it a lot of terrain? or? It is a fairly hilly ride. I'd say it's a moderate, moderately difficult ride, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. And did it yeah. just feel good to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, it does feel good. Yeah, I know right. the whole rest of the nation is like so jealous. I mean, I know there's a couple rides here and there, but most of everybody's has been shut down. So we're yeah. just like dying to hear from you guys that are fortunate enough to get to actually well, do it. And I got news for all of you, uh, endurance riders. If Florida keeps going the way they're going, nobody's going to want to come here in the winter either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult, challenging time for sure. It's, Top well, right I'm, now. I know. I'm glad you had a good time and I'm glad, it, you know, I saw yeah. some pictures. It, it looked like a lot of fun. And thank you for joining us today and good luck for whatever rides you get in the rest of the year. Yes. Good yeah. luck. Thank you thanks. for having me. All right. Thanks, thanks, Melinda. Thanks for joining us, uh-huh. Melinda. Sure. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Well, we uh, auditors hang around for, uh, we're going to do a post-show. Karen had something she wanted to talk about in the post-show, so we'll do that uh, after we're done here. And Karen, thank you again for putting the show together. It sounds like they had a, they had a good time up there regardless. I uh, know. Isn't it great? I mean, it, it's so, now, so cool. We're still getting an occasional ride in. Um, but you know, and there's a couple that are coming up that have restrictions and stuff, but we'll, you know, uh, are you going to get out at all? You think, uh, gosh, I don't know. I really need to get chief to a ride. It would be his 19th ride season. Well, you can go out, you can hit the Oregon, you can get up there, right? I, 
Yeah, I know. You're going to have to travel. There's no way you're going to do it locally. I'm going to have to travel. Yes. I'm going to have to travel. It's just, you can't miss a season. You have to go out once. I know. (laughs) I got to go ride somewhere. So you're so spoiled about having rides that you don't have to travel that far. Yeah. Now you're just going to have to do like the people that live in the middle on the east. They have to drive. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like my poor truck, you know, because we bought it last August. So we've had it like a year and I'm having to pay, you know, registration and insurance and all this. you need to go. You just need to find a place in Washington, Oregon, somewhere up there. I I got to find somewhere to go and ride. (laughs) Yeah, all there is, do it. Yep. I have. And you know what? It'd be nice to get out of the house anyway. So. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this endurance episode. You can find Karen where? Well, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, look okay. up NV Rider. NV Rider uh, on Twitter and also Facebook. You'll find Facebook. Karen over there on Facebook as well. Yeah. And if you want to listen to any of the past episodes uh, that we have done on the endurance, go to horsesinthemorning.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page. You're going to see little little banners for all the, the monthly episodes, and you'll see endurance is one of them. Click on that, and you'll find all the past episodes all in one spot. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way to listen to, what, seven, eight, nine years worth. I don't know. It's been a long time. Uh-huh. Right. It. Yep. So right. check them yep. out there. Uh, and auditors can hold on. And for for those listeners that don't tune in very often or just tune into the endurance episode, auditors are people who have chosen to support the Horse Radio Network and the shows by just donating a little bit of money. Uh, it's uh, uh, three dollars a month is the minimum, and you get access to the auditor room. And we have auditor exclusive content. We do a post show every day on horses in the morning. Last night we did the WTF advice show, which is an adult only <laughs> advice show where we handle auditors' uh, life problems. Uh-huh. And uh, Helena and Nikki and I, Nikki's actually a trained counselor. Uh, and we just have a little fun and, and have some have a good time talking about people's problems and solving the world's problems. And we put so we do have special content like that that's for auditors only. Yes. And endurance writers have been solving people's problems for years, yeah, riding you have fifty nothing or hundred miles. Do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, yes. Gotta talk about something. So <laughs> so and if you wanted to become an auditor, you just go to horsesinthemorning.com and scroll down the right hand side of the page. But you also use some boots, don't you? I do. I use Renegades and I've been, this has been so cool because I got this new little Mustang. He is so cute, Milo. And we just, oh my gosh, this horse, I, I, you know, Chief was definitely boot challenged when I first started putting boots on him. And of course this was 20 years ago, but Milo has done fantastic in Renegades. Yeah. We just put him on. He hasn't had a single nothing. Everything has been perfect. He moves well in him. They fit him perfectly. Not tripping everywhere. It's it's terrific. (laughs) He's not exactly. He's doing wonderful. And um, they, yeah, they're terrific boots. You can find them at renegadehoofboots.com. They have the classic Renegade model, which comes in several different colors, uh, which, uh, you know, that they're a little bit different shaped than the Viper model, which uh, the Viper, I think, seems to fit horses that have a more rounder foot and maybe not as steep of a hoof angle. But, you know, 
Chief actually, once he got over his boot phobia and, and was a clod to begin with when he was a youngster, now that he's 25, uh, he goes just beautifully in any of the renegades and has for years and years and many thousands of miles. Um, in fact, I think he was probably one of the first horses that went over 10,000 miles, uh, you know, exclusively using boots. So, uh, you know, they definitely do work long term and it, it's just nice to be able to keep my horses managed barefoot and just put the boots on when I need them. So it's a great option. And again, it's renegade hoof boot or renegade horseboots.com. And if people want to see where the rides are this year, where do they go? Uh, AERC.org. And it's really sad to look at the ride schedule because most of them are canceled, canceled, canceled. But there are an occasional one. Like we just had the Bandit Springs ride in Oregon this last weekend. And we also had, I think, Broxton, which was in South Carolina, uh, which had a pretty good turnout there. Ooh, that must have been We've, hot, too. <laughs> so been it was hot and yeah. humid yeah, from what I heard. Yeah. And from what I heard is... Uh, you know, it, it was really tough having to, you know, for the, the volunteers and the vets and stuff to have to wear masks in those conditions. Yeah, let me let me tell you, I you know, I'm a mask wearer. Uh, uh-huh. And it, if you have to wear them for any period of time outside here right now, it's pretty miserable. It is, oh, I bet. It is pretty I know. miserable. I would right, not go to like, Disney right now, and we love Disney, but to wear them all day in, in 96 degrees and 100% oh humidity? Oh, my gosh. No. And, like, because we have, like, the N95 masks, yeah. but that's not what we wear if we have if we have to go out where you have to wear a mask. Oh, no, we because just you die. Put the, oh, God. I was, like, because I did one shopping trip at Costco with one of those, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to need oxygen before I get out of the store. So, yeah, we just wear the the simple, you know, cloth. That's what we did, too. Whatever. And uh, just deal with, yeah, we just got to deal with it. And um, All right. So it's AERConline.org is where you can find all of the different uh, clinics exactly. and different things popping Exactly. Or AERC.org. And they've also got, if you remember, you will be getting emails that tells you about their webinars. They've been having veterinarians and other experts talk about different subjects, you know, metabolics, okay. lamenesses, and other issues that relate to our horses and endurance riding that are really educational and super, you know, useful for any horse person. But especially if you're an endurance rider, you want to check those out. So, and and if you just recently joined and you haven't got that email, just contact the office and they'll get back to you and send you the, the list and the uh, calendar of what's coming up. All right. Sounds good. And on tomorrow, uh, Lisa Waisaki will be here filling in for Jamie, who has some things to do at the farm. And then Thursday's Fox Hunting Day with uh, Tara and Jennifer. And then Friday, uh, Jamie will be back and we'll be doing some really bad ads. So you can find all of that at horsesinthemorning.com. Thank you, Karen. And hang on, auditors. We'll, we'll, we're going to hang around for a few minutes. <laughs> See you, everybody.
See, you did it after that. I uh, did. Karen after... had a little connection problem. I heard her swearing and cussing. And... God, cussing. Even my husband was going, calm down. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Next time, just call me on the phone and we'll get it taken care of. But so, uh, so what did you have that you wanted to chat? You said you had something you wanted oh. to chat about. So yeah, so here's the hilarious thing. So my husband gets a, a letter in the mail from Dieter. Dieter is the Department of Employment, which is also his employer. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he works for Dieter. Which is He's like the unemployment people or exactly. Okay. It is. But he's a statistician. He does reports. He reports So don't uh, blame uh, him when you're not getting your checks, is what it don't yeah, don't yeah. blame him when you're not getting your checks. Okay. But he does the report so he knows know the he unemployment did. numbers and all of that, right? And he's actually had multiple people in his office test positive for COVID. Um, so he gets a thing in there saying he gets this letter and he opens it up and it says, We are processing your unemployment claim. Did the unemployment office lay him off? No, are you kidding? <laughs> they have been trying to hire they because they went from like say so many cases per month to like ten times that per week. Yeah, I know. So Florida's been a mess. There's still people it, months later waiting for their first check. Oh, it blew up. Yeah. So, so he, you know, he contacts his boss, and he, you know, and you go on. Probably thought he'd been say, fired. <laughs> <laughs> he was hoping. <laughs> he was hoping because it's like he still has to keep going into the office and working, even though they keep having people that have tested positive. And and it's like he could do his job from home. Yeah, he's just and the reports, governor right? says anyone that can do their job from home should. But no, not my husband. He doesn't get that, you know, he's not that lucky. So so, anyways. He he goes in and, and in order to file, you want to file a fraud claim and say, hey, somebody applied for unemployment with my name and social security oh, number. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But it, the fraud claim, like if you go and you look at the form, you need to fill in the person's name and information. Well, we don't know who it was. <laughs> so you can't. So then. Okay, so on July 4th, which was a holiday, somebody applied for unemployment under my husband's name and social security number. And on July 6th, it was approved and the debit card was mailed to us for 16 weeks of unemployment insurance. Holy crap. Yeah, man. But you know what? Americans can't go out of the country right now, or we would have been gone. <laughs> we, we can't. I go cannot anywhere. tell you how many people in Florida that really did apply have not seen checks yet. Well, you know, and see, and here's the funny part is, so did you get the, the pay? Did you get it? Yes, uh, we yeah. actually got it, but I mean, of course, we didn't use it. Well, yeah, we, well, yeah. They they know right. where he is. <laughs> well, it's like how long? What kind of prison term would this come? You know, would accompany this if we did cash it in? Um, so 
so it got he whoever applied on the fourth, then the sixth that was approved, and then it was mailed, and then we received it, and then whoever was doing the fraud went in. And of course, they weren't quick enough because they were expecting. Oh, they were going to change delay, the address, and they changed the address to a New Jersey address. But they didn't get in fast enough. And but they didn't get you. in fast enough because we might not have ever even known about it. God, that's a sophisticated scam, and and it makes you wonder how many, because the state of Nevada is being sued. Because people are accusing them of not doing the claims fast enough. Well, Jesus, this one got approved and done in two days. How much faster do you need? And and then they approved it, even though the claim had his wrong date of birth and the wrong mother's maiden name, but it had his social and his name correct. And based on that, alone couldn't somebody have checked where he worked and seen that it was their department that's the (laughs) irony of the whole thing he works for Dieter anybody that works for Dieter knows they have not laid anybody off off. yeah exactly because they've been so swamped and been getting criticized for not getting the claims done that's going through a stack and just Approve, 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 approve. Clearly, it was an automated process. Yeah. So it just went through and it was automated. But it's interesting that they're from New Jersey. But when you figure 16 weeks, because you got the $600 a week for the federal, and then it was like another like 350 bucks a week for the state. This was this was thousands of dollars. Yes, like I said, we could have had a wonderful vacation <laughs> if we could have got out of the country. <laughs> we just everybody's so he, got their borders so he bring, closed. They have a fraud department, they, so he's safe. Nobody thinks he did anything so, wrong, right? So exactly. So what we had to do is we had to have a, de- a sheriff's deputy come. We had to file an actual report, police report, and then we had to. Um, File that along with a bunch of paperwork to the uh, state attorney general so that if this ever does come back or whatever, you, you know, we're, the right we're thing. covered. Yeah. yeah, we did the right thing. We didn't, you know, take off on it. Nice. All expedite. <laughs> You know, do you, do you realize there's people listening to this right now that are unemployment that aren't getting their checks that are really pissed right now? Well, exactly. <laughs> no, I know people that went five weeks and, and didn't get a cent. And so I think what happened is like the state went from one extreme to the other where they're just approving everything and paying it so that because they are getting sued. You know, there's lawsuits against them for not paying out faster and so it's like from one extreme to another but it's like these people that are doing the fraud they're gonna get the debit card and they're gonna cash it in and you're never gonna see or hear from them again i mean there's no way you're gonna track them down they're just you know gone but you know god we could have went to disney world (laughs) (laughs) suffered at disney world hey uh, you know you mentioned that broadcastify which is the police scanner thing so i brought up my county and let's see let's see what's going on let's see what's happening oh let's see if anything's happening i'm playing it i don't hear anything but see that's good there's nothing happening 
Yeah, that's it's a good. That's right a, here. I did just see my brother always notifies me of the Florida daily COVID numbers. Um, uh-huh. Because, you know, the Florida watch is what everybody in the world's doing now. So our deaths were double normal today at 132, which we're going to start to see now from. Wow. Because, because there's a lag. You sure. know, there's, there's always a lag. And the numbers started going up beginning of June, and people die within four to eight weeks usually. So, and our hospitals are filling up, and, you know, medicine's getting scarce again. You think we'd be oh, prepared man. for this by now? Uh, I know. Medicine's I getting know. scarce again. So, we're going to start to see deaths. Our cases, though, I'm happy to report, we're under 10,000 today. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did good. Wow. Um, see, and I'm still in a county. We've had zero deaths, and we're like, 80-something cases. Yeah, no, our county, so we pretty rural here in Ocala, and we were doing maybe four or five cases a day, new ones, and we had maybe 10 deaths, and now our cases are almost 200 a day. Uh, and wow. people are dying, you know, several a day. And oh, no. Jennifer or Wayne talked to his neighbor. Uh, who He lives, my brother lives about a mile from us in the same neighborhood. Uh, uh-huh. And that's why we moved to this neighborhood. And uh, he has a neighbor who's a nurse at two of the biggest hospitals in Ocala. Now, keep in mind, we are old people central. You know, this is where people come to die. <laughs> um, you know, when the governor joked about this Florida being God's waiting room, he that is true. Aww. I mean... <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. So, um, so we have two of the biggest hospitals, and they're stopping elective surgeries again as of tomorrow um, because they have so many. And we're rural Florida, so you know, you know, when rural Florida that elective wow. surgeries are being stopped uh-huh. again, where are we going to be in a month? You know, it's because right. there's no evidence that it's going to slow down, and our governor's not doing anything. So, right, uh, I still have not heard any calls. I want to hear a call. I know, well, I had a friend last week that had surgery, uh, and they did not test her for COVID because they told her they they didn't have any tests. <laughs> I hospital. thought everybody going in was getting tests now. No, no. Mm-mm. So y- why are you know, we so slow? To what do exactly? Of this when I other know. countries are just figuring it out and they're like third world countries. I just you don't know, get it. And that's the thing. It's like people, we could be so much further ahead. Like I was watching like Taiwan, they're playing baseball again. Oh yeah. The Japanese the, are pissed because our base came down been, with 60, our, our U S military base came down with 60 cases and they're like fit oh. to be tied because they got it under control. Oh, geez. Yeah, but their yeah. culture has always been okay with masks and has been okay at following directions, you know. Right. They have cultures yeah. that are really good at uh, that. And, you know. Uh, we're not. <laughs> you know, the Chinese have to be or you just get thrown in jail. But, um, you know. Uh, oh, yes. they And they all have cell phones and they actually have to do the. The contact um, tracing. Yeah. Which the scanner stuff <laughs> on their phones. They have to scan their locations. All right. When I'm not getting anything house. on the scanner. Nothing is happening in Marion <gasps> County right now. Well, good. That's a good thing. All right. I'm going to check in later so. tonight and see if there's any, you know. Shoot. And you can, you can add that as an app on your phone. Oh, really? So any, yeah. So if you travel, because I've, you know, been traveling with my horses and I ended up like where the roads closed, you can open up the scanner radio thing, the app, and then listen to that County and find out what's going on. 
So protests, like roads closed. <laughs> yeah, like if there's an accident yeah. or a fire or like what happened a month or so ago in Nevada, an earthquake that broke the road apart. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did see that. And that road was pretty broken. <laughs> it was, yeah. That's going to take a while to fix. Nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, um, we're all yeah. full of joy here, aren't we, Karen? <laughs> uh, so, I'm glad you didn't get burned up. I'm really glad about that. Um, I'm glad it, you know, it it got yeah. put out. That's good. Uh, and we'll talk to you again next month. I hope you get to ride your horses a bit. Uh, get to get out a little bit. You just disappeared on me, Glenn. What's that? I'm still here. You disappeared. All right. Well, that's a good time to say goodbye. We'll see y'all. See you, auditors.